The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. All right, welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. This is the show to help you start and grow your own dream business. Now, we do that by giving you inspiration, by telling the stories of others who are either doing it or have done it successfully. And we do it also by trying to draw out the various nuggets of tips and how-to information that can assist you in equipping yourself and empowering yourself to have a shot at business success. And that's what we want here on Startup Nation Radio. So one of the best ways to do that is to tell the story of others doing just that and how they're doing it. And on today's show, we've got a trio of ladies who are doing it and doing it big, big time. I think this is a great business, great business model. The business is in the know legal, and the three ladies behind it are Tanya Shaw, Aaron Nobles, and Lisa Sigmund. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Good to have you guys on. So I guess, you know, one of the first questions, it's one thing when an entrepreneur decides to start and grow a business. It's another when a team gets together, a team of founders to start and grow a business. Tell us about first the three of you, your relationship, and about how and why this business got off the ground. So this business is sort of my sort of brainchild. It's seeded in my brain over the course of a couple of years. Different things popped up that suggested that this was maybe something I should look into, but it just never seemed like the right time or the right fit. And I finally sort of had that aha moment in the shower where I, I really got a good idea of what I would want this to look like. And I pitched it to Tanya and Erin and they loved it. And honestly, I've put thought into this about this couldn't have happened any other way with any other people. The fact that it took me two years to get to the point to pitch it to them was because I actually needed them with me. This was never going to be a one woman job. Um, Aaron and I are law partners in our own firm. We've been practicing together for four years, and I was blessed to connect with Tanya in a woman's networking group, and we immediately just completely synced, and we joke that we're twins. And if you could see us, you would see that that is as far from the case as possible. (laughs) Um, And so I started working of counsel for Tanya, and so the three of us have come together, and we each bring these unique strengths that completely complement each other and make up for where we may have our weaknesses. And what to me was initially supposed to be sort of a passive side gig supplemental income has like transformed into this passion project that has completely outgrown my initial vision and is just something now that I think the three of us are so immensely proud of. Well, that's great. Uh, I want to learn more about Tanya and Aaron in just one second, but Lisa, tell us what the idea is. Tell us what the business is. So the business itself is online legal templates, and we certainly are not the first to the market to do this, but I would like to say we are the best. And that's a bit of a humble brag, but we're doing it different. We're doing it in a way that I think other people and other businesses just haven't done. We're offering online DIY legal templates currently focused on coaches, but we will be expanding to other industries where these life coaches, business coaches can go online on their time and find the contracts they need to either launch their business or scale it. And they can do it in the budget that works for them. And they get a complete package from us with each template where they get an understanding and education and empowerment in the use of these legal documents. We made sure we address different learning styles. So we provide instruction, both written, visual, and auditory. 
And we really make sure that there's no guesswork, there's no confusion, and they're not just left feeling like, great, I have a document, what do I do with it now? Yeah, and I think there's a real need. You talk about, you know, making sure you explain what the document is, how to use it, what it's, you know, what its intention is, what it accomplishes. All this is so mysterious to entrepreneurs. It's yes, one thing to know truly. your business or know your craft or know what you're doing that, that you know is the essence of the business. Mm-hmm. But the law is specialized. That's why we have lawyers and to ask yes. people to grasp yes. the concepts, let alone the very specific language in each of these documents and how to use it and when to use it and so on is a big mystery to entrepreneurs. So I see that as being really helpful. We're going to get right back to the business segment. Let's make sure we get Tanya and Aaron. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves quickly? Sure. Hi, I'm Tanya. Uh, nice to meet you. Good to meet you, Tanya. I'm glad we have you on. Thank you. So I've been a business attorney for 20 years. I'm also a sort of a serial entrepreneur. Um, so this absolutely, you know, struck struck me as, as a fantastic idea. I'm also a law professor. So to me, um, I think the biggest part of it was the educational component that really struck me, like take the educational component and the business component of it, because it's all the behind the scenes stuff. Like when I consult with clients or I'm teaching my law students, like they don't even know where to begin. So to me, this idea was really great is that people arrive at a, at a website and they're like, okay, what, I don't even know what I need. So to us, we wanted to sort of create that path between like, I don't know where to start to, I have a starting business, a growing business, a shining business and take out any of the mystery. So this was perfect. Um, you know, I have, a bis- I have a business firm, I own a legal education company and I'm a full-time professor. And so when Lisa came up with this idea, I'm like, this is the absolute, this is exactly what we should be doing. And I know that they had sort of had this as a side project, but me, they know that I can be a big thinker. And I'm like, nope, this is what we're doing. And it's going to be big. I love that. I love it. Hey, everyone needs one of those, at least one of those in the group. That's for sure. And you got it in Tanya, I can tell. Uh, what about <laughs> yeah, Aaron? It can be a bit much. It can be a bit much. That's all right. I absolutely admit to that. That's all right. Um, we but need yeah. it. We need it. And and Aaron, just quick, we've got to go to a break in about a minute, and then we'll come back with you guys again. But Aaron, tell us. Let's get you on the air and make sure people know who you are, and then we'll get into a discussion when we come back from the break more in-depth about the business. Aaron. Sure, sure. So Tanya already outed us. I wasn't sure <laughs> if I could go ahead and say that we have been uh, friends for a while, and we've each been practicing law for you know almost 20 years apiece. Um, And Lisa and I have actually been friends since law school and parted ways after school. I actually was a litigator for a number of years and then took some time off with my family. And a few years ago, reconnected with Lisa and decided to reboot our own firm. And um, she's taught me so much about uh, being an entrepreneur. And I just really think the time is right for this sort of business. This is kind of... I think an evolution of, you know, where we started, this was not possible when we were fresh out of law school because the technology didn't exist. But, you know, times have changed. And I think that it's absolutely the right time to be empowering business owners um, to do it themselves. Absolutely. And where are you guys based? Well, Lisa and I are in uh, the Boston metro area. Uh And I'm in California. And you're in California. But the business is based, I mean, I know it's obviously kind of virtual at this point, but do you claim a home for the business? Boston. Boston. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right on. All right. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, let's get more into, you know, how you, the three of you then, got together around this idea. Love to know more about each of your roles and, you know, kind of a little bit about the business plan, the revenue model, how the business works, and uh, we'll get some people inspired and hopefully get them uh, a few tips along the way as well so that they can go out 
and follow in your footsteps. How about that? That's always a cool thing. All right. We'll be back with more on Startup Nation Radio in just a moment. Stick with us. All right, back on Startup Nation Radio. Really cool story about a business that I really believe in. Uh, there's a real need for this business. It's one thing to do an interesting interview. It's another thing to do an interview on a business that's interesting, oh, by the way, but also more significantly, you know, really, really has merit. And this one does. And we've got Tanya Shah, Aaron Nobles, and Lisa Sigmund talking to us about their new enterprise, In the Know Legal. Ladies, welcome back. Thank you. Great to have you guys on. Now, Tell us a little bit about, you know, the early going. So here the three of you get together. Tanya gets you, you know, she's the, she gives an injection of, oh no, this is not going to be part-time. This is going to be full-on, full-time business for us. You guys all buy in and you make a commitment and you got to get a business started now. Tell us about the early going, some of the surprises, some of the challenges, but also, you know, how, how, what your plan was to get it off the ground. So I'll start now. This was Lisa's brainchild, as she had said earlier. This was her brainchild, and and she brought us together. And for me, I just like to jump at things when I like them, which might be why I have three businesses going on at the same is this time. T- is this Tanya? Just want to. Yes, make sure. I'm so sorry. No, that's this okay. Is Tanya. No, no, no. I just want to make sure if the audience knows who's talking. Sure. So, so Tanya, go ahead. You have three, three, three businesses. Tanya, I can tell you have a lot <laughs> of energy. I'm surprised you don't have four or five businesses going on. I'm ashamed of you. What? You should be. That's exactly um, right. <laughs> and and so she brought this. I was like, yeah, we're, we're doing it. And, you know, let's do it now. And so what was shocking is that we got it done in six months. Now, with me, however, I my, my head can go big, but sometimes it will not concentrate on what's right in front of me. So I sort of offered that, like, we're going to be the biggest in the world, but the, Lisa's sort of like, we have to get this done now. So that's what led us into starting this. And here I am. And I, we're three very distinct archetypes. I'm sort of like the single, uh, single woman, uh, you know, empowered. Lisa's the single mom, and um, Aaron is the married with children. And so we really fit this archetype of women starting companies. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think that being a professor, this really, really inspired me to not only for myself and Lisa and Aaron to start this company, but one of the things that also inspired me is to create a course at my law school called Lawyers and Entrepreneur as Entrepreneurs because I'm like, lawyers need to be doing this. They need to use their legal education for other stuff. Uh-huh. Not just to go out and start a law firm. You can do that, whether it's starting your own firm, but you gotta find a niche in the market and find something that is needed and use your law degree for that. And so this business, because what Lisa did, really inspired me to think sort of globally about our role as attorneys. Okay, so that's exciting. So Aaron or Lisa, tell us, what were some of the first steps you took to organize the business and get it off the ground? So this is Lisa. We had lots of meetings in the beginning of just brainstorming and figuring out sort of the base work plan. And initially our plan was, oh, we're going to do everything ourselves. And, you know, shoestring budget, we're completely self-funded, you know, and we still have to run our other practices, our other businesses. So we're going to do this all ourselves and quickly figured out that that just is super unrealistic when you're trying to scale a business the way we want to scale this one. So our very first lesson was you have to start hiring the right people to have your team in place. And we had a couple hiccups. You know, we we did interviews. We hired people for different things. Whatever it was that we hired them to do, it didn't work out. And we'd have to go back to the drawing board, find someone new. We ended up having to push our launch back. So 
it wasn't without obstacles. It wasn't without its own growing pains. But what we completed at the end of six months really is something that should have or could have taken one person alone easily a year to a year and a half to get done. But because we were able to do this division of labor between the three of us, we really got to fast track it. And I think that's super important because of the timing where what we're doing is providing a service to empower people to launch a new business in this climate right now, where so many people are either underemployed or unemployed as a result of the pandemic. This was the moment to really strike that iron. And yeah. so we really had to keep a sort of temperature on what's going on outside so that we're addressing what people actually need now. And so- you funded the business on your own when you initially got it going, but you know one one of those wonders to, to get it to really scale and grow and create that awareness you need to get traction, ultimately leading to revenue. Yep. How did you fund all of that? Did you ultimately seek funding, or have you continued to fund no, it? No, we own? are still self-funded, and we're actually right now discussing on what our next step will be if we're going to do a second round of self-funding or start looking at seed funding. Uh huh. And the revenue model for the business is when an entrepreneur signs up, or a coach in this case, right? It's a coach. Right now, it's coaches. Eventually, it will address more industries. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. So when that coach and entrepreneur in his or her own right, when they need a legal document, they go to your site. Do they pay to access the document? Is that the revenue model? Yes. Yeah, so everything is flat fee. There's no membership or subscription. So they're only paying for what they need and they're not paying for something they don't. And we do offer things on our website for free, informational and educational pieces that are just free for entrepreneurs because everybody should have some level of access, but we can't keep the lights on if we don't charge something. So for the majority of the content, it is price-based. Okay. And you actually got into market when, how long ago? We so launched yesterday. Yesterday. Yes, yesterday. <laughs> I knew it was recent. Uh, yeah. Yesterday. Wow. That's incredible. And, and how many sales have you made? As of yesterday. Well, we already hit a hundred thousand. No. I'm yeah. Kidding. Yeah. There you go. I love you guys. I, I love it. Um, yeah, it's going to be a slow burn. It's a tough market to penetrate because, I mean, if you think of the behemoth that we're going against of LegalZoom, that's the first thing that pops into anyone's mind. And then, you know, sadly, there's lots of free stuff online. And I don't yes, recommend yes. anyone use right. it, not just because right. it's my competitor, but because right. as a lawyer, I'm telling you it's no good. Right. So it's a little bit of a slow burn. We're really going to have to work on um, kind of penetrating the market. But sure. I think once we have that start that people will realize that this brand, how different it is. And I have no qualms that we are going to yep. explode. Who wrote the agreements? Um, we did. The three of us did. Yep. The three of you wrote the agreements. Okay. Only and only us. And also yep. Jeff for revenue. I think a really, really big, important part of it is going to be our affiliate program because we have good connections and we really want our affiliates, you know, elite affiliates, pay, you know, paid affiliates to go out there and leverage their connections as well. So I think that's going to be a very large mm -hmm. part of our Well, I have, to, I, I have to tell you, I wasn't necessarily going to include this in the interview, but well, Sorry. this is now for all the public to hear. <laughs> I, what was going through my <laughs> mind was you guys have got to get connected to Startup Nation and we've got to sell this for you. Yes, well, we yes you do. to our community. That's so <laughs> we'd love, we'd love to do that. And I know our community has a strong need from it. I think it was, was it Tanya that said early on that, you know, what I find to be absolutely true with the marketplace is that entrepreneurs not only don't know what agreements to use when, but they don't even know, they don't even know what the agreement yeah. is or what to call it or, right. or if it even exists, absolutely. you know, is, is it a unique yep. situation. So 
That kind of hand-holding, you know, I want to learn more about how you guys are going to execute it. I wish we had a lot more time to do this interview, but we'll, we'll certainly do that as we begin to roll out the program through Startup Nation and make it available to our community. But the part about your business, which is the thing that you have described as your differentiator, the key differentiator, the hand-holding, the you know, describing uh, and informing, educating, is so critical. So I applaud you guys for what you're doing. I know there's a huge need in the marketplace for this. And, you know, look, candidly, I'm going to use your service to access documents. We're doing stuff all the time, and we certainly tap an attorney here and there when we need to, of course. But uh, being able to have ready access to documents when there is really isn't a need necessarily to have an attorney have a hand in the transaction, this is a great, great service. And I think that your differentiator can be a competitive advantage against the alternatives that are out there. Absolutely. So, I think it's exciting. Are you guys doing this full time now? Not yet. Not yet. Not yeah. yet. Keeping keeping I'm your day glad. jobs. That's smart. We always recommend that. Keep those day jobs until at least break even, right? <laughs> at least. Yeah. I'm keeping my three I'm keeping my three other day jobs. Yeah. Right. Uh, three Absolutely. your three other day jobs. Exactly. I am. Right. I love that. Well, we want to check back with you and track your progress. Tell us, I'm curious, when it's one thing when one entrepreneur is running a business, or even two, but when you go to three, there can be overlap, there can be, uh, well, you know, if everyone's contributing a lot of advantage, and in the case of the three of you, I have no doubt each of you are contributing and then some, but it can create actual breakdown in efficiency sometimes if you have more than, you know, a couple of people as founders. How are you guys defining each of your roles and how do you steer clear and make sure you stay in your lanes? I think that's a really important question. I think it's always a, a work in progress. And I think that the foundation that we have is, you know, friends and colleagues who respect each other, I think really helps us a lot. Now, that isn't to say that there isn't the um, occasional back and forth that gets a little acrimonious, but I think that... Um, yeah, acrimony is a strong word, but it certainly refers to something that I think is positive, and that is... Passionate. I have a, I, I, passionate, exactly. You have to have strong minds. There can't be any yes team members on the team. It's got to be, you've got to have strong minds all pushing toward a common goal to make it the best it can be. And I think poor, that's probably particularly the case when you have three women attorneys who are used to having to be, you know, kind of the loudest voice in the room yeah. to be heard. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I think, you know, that we've really worked hard to develop the archetypes that Tanya was talking about before and really kind of try to take our unique life experiences and, and, and make them a feature, you know, not a bug. We bring unique perspectives, we bring unique thoughts, and I think that with a foundation of just mutual respect, you know, we'll continue to, to be successful. Well, that's great. We've got about 30 seconds left. We've got to do some business here. What's the website address? In the No Legal, right? Uh, Lisa. Yes, it's www.inthenolegal.com. It is live. It is a beautiful website. It's We're also beautiful. on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So we strongly suggest everybody follow us everywhere. We do upload to YouTube as well, educational videos that are free for anyone to view. Um, and lots of educational information on our blog, on our website. Beautiful. Great, ladies. It was great having you on. And uh, let's go to work, roll up the sleeves, and get this rolled out through Startup Nation. We look forward to it. And you stick with us listening to Startup Nation Radio. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Take care. We'll be right back after this break. All right. Well, from one great entrepreneurial story, one great adventure, one great venture to another, we've got Kristen Denzer on with us now. She's founder and CEO of Tierra Encantada. 
Kristen, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're thrilled to feature your story. It's a good one. That's why you're on the air at Startup Nation Radio. Tell us, what is Tierra Encantada and what do you do? And then let's talk a little bit about uh, how and why you got the company started. Sure. So Tierra Encantada is the leader in Spanish immersion early education. So we provide daycare, preschool, essentially education and care for children ages six weeks through six years of age. And you have a unique spin. I mean, your approach to this is to blend. I mean, it's kind of an immersive experience. And I think an experience is a good word. It goes beyond just learning. You know, they're actually immersed in the kind of the culture and the, you know, the language and, and, and everything. Tell us your approach, your methodology, you know, to teaching Spanish to young kids. So one way to think about it that I think helps is Spanish is the vehicle for which our curriculum is taught through. And so our curriculum is, you know, has the highest possible rating from Parent Aware and it incorporates a lot of different you know, disciplines, so Montessori, STEM, uh, but really also diversity, and not just diversity in terms of you know, race, ethnicity, but also a family type. You know, We have a lot of families that have two moms, two dads. Uh, so beyond just that, that being the vehicle it's taught in, children are actually immersed, and that's how kids learn. If you think about, you know, if you have kids, when they were first speaking their first words, you know, it was words that they heard naturally at home, you know, you referencing mom or dad, you know, you playing with um, colors. That isn't like a formal instruction method. And that's really how children learn best is immersion naturally. And so they're just immersed in that. And that is how everything is taught and the language everything is spoken to them in while they're in our program. Yeah. You know, I find it's, it seems so obvious yet the, the it, it's missed so many times, but Kids tend to learn best when they can put things in context, when things have relevancy, when there's meaning behind what they're doing. I mean, if I, if I uh, take three, if I, if I say to my young son, who I'm trying to teach math to at the very earliest stages, you know, here, here's three lines on a piece of paper, add those three lines with these three lines, how many do you have? That's one thing. But if I take three pieces of candy and I put uh, three other pieces of candy and I say to him, add these things up, you know, he's going to have a lot more fun and be a lot more interested in the subject matter and learn kind of as a byproduct. Uh, of the enjoyment of figuring out the puzzle, you know, as opposed to being taught in a hardcore way. And so things like, you know, that immersion, the culture, the experience, the context, the relevancy uh, that you use in your approach is, I think, just so brilliant and, and obviously so effective. Tell us about where the idea for all this, why did you start your business? Yeah. So, you know, Tira was not my first business. <laughs> I owned multiple other businesses before that. And, you know, all of the businesses that I owned really were inspired by things that I saw or saw a need for in my own life. And so, you know, the first maybe more typical business that I started was an event rental company. And so I was getting married, you know, me and a friend of mine saw this gap of rentals being so expensive. I mean, literally the cost it was to buy it, to rent them. And so started that. And then the next one was, you know, I had pets and was going on trips and needed care, so started a dog daycare. And then I had kids, and when I had kids, I was you know, looking around the, the east side of the Twin Cities for childcare, and there just wasn't anything language immersion over here. And language, I think, is something that is so important, and the United States is just so far behind on. Yeah. I, I travel a lot, and I mean, when you go around the world, you see how 
young people are taught multiple languages, right. trilingual, I mean, many languages from a many, fairly young age. And so that's something I think is just really important. It is important. And so, and I love the fact that you uh, have kind of put the notion of need is the mother of invention or at the heart of opportunity, however you want to say it or see it. It, it, it is. And, and, you know, so many people, I mean, that applies to everyone. The difference being certain people are aware, keenly aware, and they're looking for opportunity or they're open to opportunity at least. And uh, it comes their way and they do something about it. You clearly, uh, did, did you grow up wanting to be an entrepreneur? I mean, you know, you, you've had a series of businesses now. How and why did that happen in your life? I think growing up, I didn't really understand what that meant to be an entrepreneur, but my grandfather was an entrepreneur, and so I think I kind of was raised in that. Um, you know, my grandpa started a gas station when he was in his 20s, and I remember some of the memories that stick out the most to me growing up was, you know, being eight, nine, ten, helping at the gas station, sitting at the counter, running out to the vending machine and emptying the quarters out, being able to hang out with my grandma when I was sick because they owned a business, because she didn't need to go to, you know, a typical job. And so I was really raised in that. So I think that definitely formed my interest of seeing like that is something that's attainable and realistic. Right. And so in, was it 2013? I mean, here you had, as you mentioned, you know, a, a child and, and you needed, I assume daycare, uh, right. Or were you yes. looking? Yes. And, and so you, it's, it's so interesting. Was it, you said you, you started an event company because you were going to have a wedding, right? Yep. <laughs> and, and here you are, you have a child, you need daycare. Well, let's start a business, <laughs> you know, and that's, it's one of the hallmarks of uh, an entrepreneur. And I love the fact that you didn't even really know what it was or that you were doing it purposefully or with intention necessarily to be quote unquote, an entrepreneur. It's just the way it worked, right? Uh, yes, it's just the, it's yes. just the way it was. It was in your DNA. It's, it's more a part of who you are. And I love that. So you started this company on the heels of a need, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and when I was searching for childcare for them, I just, I saw a real gap in the market in general that, you know, I think for decades now, childcare has been pretty much kind of the same thing. There's a lot of different, you know, concepts out there, but they at the core are really the same thing. And so I saw that there was a gap of what parents really want for their kids and what's actually available and figured, you know what, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can do that. I love that. And that is, I mean, it starts with, you know, seeing an opportunity. Could there be a better way? Yes, there could be a better way. Here's a solution to that. Hmm, I may be onto something. Could I do that? And that's kind of the, you know, trajectory that these things take early on in one's analysis and one's consideration and one's maybe even then moving to commitment about starting a business around these things. So your original vision for the business, was it to start a single location and start to offer the services or was it broader and bigger than that? Yeah. You know, when I, when I first had the desire to start it, I don't think I had really thought beyond one location. And uh, <laughs> that came back to bite me because I didn't name the first company as a location name, I named it as just Tierra and Cantata. And so I had to end up going back and changing some different things, which was a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, you know, I think when I started, I just, I had an idea and I wanted to do it. And I mean, I don't think that I hadn't contemplated that possibility, but it certainly wasn't like, okay, here's the plan. I'm going to have a bunch of them because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what it would turn into. And so it, once I realized 
the scalability of it yep, and yep. how much I like I just liked the business so much better than anything I'd done before. I just felt really passionate about it. That's when I really started thinking, okay, this can actually be pretty big. And it is on its way to being pretty big uh, or big already, however you want to measure it. Quickly tell us, where is the company today in terms of its status? You have more than one location now. Tell us about the company today. Yeah. So right now we have five corporate locations in the Twin Cities. We have three more opening this year, two in Minnesota, one in Illinois. And then we also launched franchising um, a little under two years ago. And so we have franchisees and a number of states, North Carolina, Texas, Virginia, Alabama, uh, really kind of spread out. <laughs> Incre- so incredible. I love this. And we want to hear how you do it. I'm sorry. We're going to run to a break right now. We're going to hear more of the story. What I love about this story, among other things, I love a lot of things about the story, but the, the one thing that jumps right out to me is that this is a business built around, let's call it traditional kind of, you know, community oriented business, community by community, as opposed to some big revolutionary idea. You've taken really interesting components, the language, the immersion, the cultural aspects, applied it to daycare. You know, the kids are there. Let's teach them something good, something they can use. Let's grow their minds. And you're doing that and doing it successfully. And now the business is growing Listen, anybody out there thinking about starting a business and don't know what to do, here's an example of taking a relatively simple business model, putting the pieces together, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, nothing, nothing's easy, that's for sure, and there's a lot of brilliance in this model, but you can do it too, and that's the whole point of Startup Nation Radio, and we're going to come back and hear just how Kristen put it all together and is making it happen and how you can be on your way to the same success right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. This is a great story, one that we can all relate to and get inspired by. And listen, Kristen did it. You can too. We've got Kristen Denzer. She's founder and CEO of Tierra and Cantata. It's a kind of a new, it's a couple of things. It's a hodgepodge of really important, well-thought-out pieces brought together to make a really powerful whole in this business concept of daycare with language, learning Spanish language and learning about the culture and and the experiences associated with the language, you know, having hands-on direct contact and experience with the language in an immersive way. I, I think it's amazing and it's growing. Look, it's, it's a proven winner. Kristen, how did you put it all together? So you, you, you now are, you've got corporate stores that you own, you're moving to franchising, but tell us, you got your first store, you proved the model, right? And then what did you do? Yes. As soon as it, the first one was profitable, I started thinking about the next one and I knew that the build-out cost for our sites was so much that I wanted to buy the real estate, which also helps with the loan financing because if you get a 504 loan with the SBA, you only have to put 10% down and you have the assets, you get a longer term. And so I really just kept opening through corporate until I decided to also launch franchising. So you, you did it first by corporate. You did you expanded by drawing on SBA provided financing. That's a great tip, by the way, I, one that we will take close note of. The down payment, the equity requirement is lower with SBA. With the SBA. Yes. It's great. I mean, that's that's great. You use that program. You used it to your advantage. You you said five corporate stores, corporately owned, meaning owned by you, essentially. Yes, exactly. You know, there are challenges when you expand from one store to several. I mean, you can't be at every location at all the times. You're relying on your staff heavily at that point to both replicate the model the way you want it to be replicated. Every you know, going to the McDonald's franchise example, every hamburger's got to taste like a McDonald's hamburger. It's not easy. You're putting all of that. And in your case, it's even more personal touch. I mean, you're talking about, you know, instruction, young kids, um, 
to execute the model. How did you create the that culture amongst your team and staff that had to take buy into your model and execute it on your behalf? It was definitely a learning process. I I should have hired more corporate staff sooner. <laughs> you know, our uh, our center is from day one. My goal was that it would be a company that didn't need me personally. And so how they're designed is to have their own know, director, assistant director that leads the day-to-day of the center. And one of the things that was really a lesson learned for me that I should have did much sooner was uh, get good about documenting processes and procedures Mm -hmm. and hiring corporate staff because we didn't hire our first corporate hires until I had three of them and 80 full-time employees. So I, I didn't have any corporate staff up until really about a year and a half ago. And what I love about what you're doing, you're going to expand and scale by now franchising. But before you went to franchising, this is an important thing for anyone out there interested in growing by franchising or thinking about creating a business that could grow by franchising and how to do it right. You got to get that first model down. You got to get those processes you referred to down. Everything's got to be streamlined and tight and I don't even know if this is a word, replicatable, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, c- copied from one to the other very effectively, simplistically, and, and, and to make it all work and have that consistency that you need in the experience from one location to another in coordination with the brand attributes. You know, a parent buys into this. I'm going to have my kid come here. I expect this. And it's ex- they expect what your company has been has grown to be known for. And to replicate that is challenging. And so you've really tightened the screws before you've thought about going franchising. Have you actually sold franchising at this point, at franchises yet? Yeah, we actually have our uh, first franchisee opening in about a month, but we have franchisees in Alabama, North Carolina, Texas, Virginia, wow. and here in Minnesota. And so now, not only do you have a proven model, you've got a successful first location, you've got additional, you know, you've got five locations proving successful, corporately owned. Now you're moving to franchising across the country. You're on a roll. I mean, you can see that this business is going to go somewhere and going to be very exciting. And of course, in franchising, when you decide to go from corporate owned to franchising, the revenue model shifts a bit in that now you're earning a a kind of a cutoff of every store, a a franchise fee, if you will, both an upfront franchise fee, a license typically is the way this is done. I don't know how you're executing it. And then something off the top, uh, you know, a license fee, a franchise fee from the operator uh, off the revenues of any given single location. And every location. Is that the way you're doing it? Yes, exactly. Yep. So there's an initial fee and then there's royalties and ad fund. And so uh, they're, you know, the CEO of their own business and we provide them with everything they need for it. So policies, procedures, curriculum, meal program, menus, because we do, we have commercial kitchens in every location and we serve like organic, fresh cooked, healthy meals. And so we provide all of that to them. It's really, really exciting. Look into your crystal ball. And now, I mean, someone who didn't know that to even think about anything more than a single location is now going to have the actual physical manifestation of your idea. Nothing but a budding idea in your head in 2013, moved to a single location, moved to five, now moving out across the country, your brainchild, your brainstorm, there it is playing out. It's exciting. Look into your crystal ball and tell us, where does this company go, your company, over the next you know few years? You know, our goal is really to be one of the top 10 child care providers in the country. I think if you look at that list, none of them have any sort of you know unique grab. And if you look at where I think parents and society has gone in general over the last couple of decades, we really represent the future of child care. And I'm 
very confident that we're going to be able to achieve that. Yeah, and you know what, again, just to kind of bottom line it for everyone, we've talked about how you're growing and scaling through first to, cor- you know, one location to corporately owned, multiple locations, then to franchising, great model, you've got it down, you're proving it. Um, but I love the way you pulled pieces together and created a value add at, you know, day, at, with the concept of daycare, not, you know, the daycare at its most fundamental level is taking care of someone's child while they go off to work or do whatever else it is that they have to do or want to do. Um, as opposed to having the child at home, you care for the child. And you created a value add by adding not only, you know, instruction, language instruction specifically, but this immersive, you know, experiential kind of learning that is proving to be so effective. And the child comes home, not only, you know, well cared for at a fundamental level, but uh, but but having learned something, expanded his or her um, ability to grow up into the world and, and really be a citizen of the world. I love that. And Kristen, I want to congratulate you and thank you for sharing your story on Startup Nation Radio. It's a great one. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll track your success. Maybe we'll have you back on again one day soon and learn about your 50, then 100, then 1,000 locations across the country <laughs> and more. Okay? Sounds great. Thank you. Great story. Thanks for being with us today on Startup Nation Radio. Back next week with more. Tune in to Startup Nation Radio again next week. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.